Welcome to the Inquisitive Minds Podcast. This podcast is all about searching for answers to questions oftentimes unexplained or unexplored. We want to engage with new and sometimes old theories, psychology, or philosophy from a research-based perspective. Hey, I'm Peter, and I'm joined by my good friend, John. We're not experts on any of this, but today we're diving into the idea of data collection, attention span, and how that all relates to social media usage. So if you're new to this podcast, how this podcast works is what we like to do is we like to grab a specific topic, usually something relating to philosophy or psychology, or maybe it's on the cutting edge of science and technology, or maybe it's just something that's really interesting to the both of us. And we like to do a deep dive into it and do separate research and then come together to compare and contrast that research after a period of time and really try to figure out what's going on with the, t- with the subject. So John, uh, I wanted to shoot over to you. How are you doing? How do you feel about this topic? And I know you you had a specific quote in mind to start us off with this one. Yeah, I'm doing good. And I'm extremely interested to have a discussion about this topic. I think it's, it's a, a good topic to bring awareness to a lot of things that are very not transparent enough. Mm-hmm. So kind of bringing some of the stuff to light might be important to have the consumer have more agency. Yeah, that makes sense. And so the quote, what Orwell feared were those who would ban books. What Huxley feared was that there would be no reason to ban a book for there would be no one who wanted to read one. Orwell feared those who would deprive us of information. Huxley feared those who would give us so much that we would reduce to passivity and egoism. Orwell feared that the truth would be concealed from us. Huxley feared the truth would be drowned in a sea of irrelevance. Orwell feared that we would become a captive culture. Huxley feared we would become a trivial culture preoccupied with some equivalent of the feelies, the orgy-porgy, and the centrifugal bumble puppy. As Huxley remarked in The Brave New World, the civil libertarians and rationalists who are ever on the alert to oppose tyranny failed to take into account man's almost infinite appetite for destructions. And he ends, ends his quote by saying, Orwell feared those that will, what we fear will ruin us. Huxley feared that we will desire, what we desire will ruin us. And this quote was from Neil Postman in a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death. And essentially, this, this quote has is kind of the dystopian view mm-hmm. in the sense there's two, two systems. The one of Big Brother, the one that will control us, the censorship, the surveillance, the lack of information. We're all like restricted. And the, the lesser known of Huxley's view is is being like in the sea of irrelevance there will be so much information will be overwhelmed in distraction uh there's this it's almost like a overstimulating our a magic trick sort of brain <clears throat> and and i i'm definitely leaning more towards seeing that today more than this the big brother view mm-hmm. and i'm not just only like super negative about technology uh, i think technology has tons of 
applications and it's it is one of the best times to live ever but i think it's kind of important to realize that it does have some sort of drawbacks to it mm-hmm. it's like this uh faustian bargain right you kind of it's the giveth and the taketh mm-hmm. you give up something important but you kind of to get something important so you're sort of giving up maybe these specific things like maybe like maybe such as lack of social skills affecting maybe possibly our mental health uh the death of communities could be linked to that we're being manipulated um it could also be negatively affecting the environment a lot uh, we're experiencing information glut. There's there's a lot of different possibilities that it could be linked to. But at the same time, there's there's so many great potential, right? Like you have this best and cheap health care. It's making life very convenient, easy to live, better communication. Like without technology, we wouldn't be discussing this. Mm-hmm. and so like there's that the the weight like the either you could it's either good or bad like there's always uh like a spectrum right mm-hmm. so if you sort of know and are aware of the the negatives yeah and go- going back to that original quote about you're essentially comparing if you haven't read the books orwell wrote 1984 and huxley wrote a brave new world and there's there are two different types of dystopias like you mentioned and and it is it is interesting for me to kind of be in the huxley one almost i mean it's not really a dystopia it's 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 not a utopia there but somewhere in the middle but essentially it's like everybody is so preoccupied with doing all these kind of little things that nobody cares about the bigger picture that nobody really spends the time to learn beyond these little little pieces of information that keep getting given and they're kind of they're kind of addicted to it and and there's even in the book there's even a drug called soma where if any point in time you're you're kind of outside of this little bubble this social bubble created then you're given this drug to like null you or or make you because when you get outside that social bubble in the book you get scared so they give you the drug to calm down essentially so relating that kind of to our topic and why I think that quote is like spot on or, or getting, or getting that pretty close to it is like we, every day we're going onto our social media and we're, we're using like our attention and our attention is being bought up in a kind of economy that we're unaware of almost. So you said we need to be more aware of these things as passive users because the technology is amazing, but it can also be debilitating to our mental health and to our attention span and to our social health. And I think that's really true. It's like, essentially, every day people are logging onto these social media accounts. They're giving away their data. Most people don't really understand that. And, and we'll dive into that more. But you're giving away your data. And what you're getting in return is just is just like pieces of, of entertainment and like dopamine fixes. And it's it's not necessarily healthy, and it's been proven, which we'll get into as well. On the mental side, these things are these things are kind of debilitating, and and you just 
you feel as though you always need to be connected. So with that in mind, um, you wanted to start us off with. Well, yeah, because like you think of like Facebook and Instagram, you're like, oh, man, they're, they're free apps, right? Like, where's mm-hmm. the downside? But they're free financially. Mm-hmm. They're not They're They're sort of like an attention transaction. You're paying for the service with your attention, right? Right. Every person has has like a limit on their attention. It, it, it can, you can view it as like a resource, right? Mm-hmm. So with when there's so much information, you can only really the limiting factor is your attention. You can only consume so much, and and all these apps and and companies know this, so they're all like competing for yeah, your yeah. attention. Right. It's it's something that we don't think about ever. It's something that's really interesting to me. And I when when you started talking to me about this, and you were the one who kind of got me into this whole idea of an economy of attention is I started looking at like how much attention span do we have nowadays? Like what, what is it at? And there was a, there was a Microsoft story or it was either Google or Microsoft I forget, but one of the two published research saying that the average attention span of somebody online is six seconds, <laughs> six seconds. They said that because that's how long it takes for on average for you to click away from whatever you're looking at. It clicks to something else, go to a new tab, go to a new page, maybe click on an ad, but like six seconds is our attention span. And that was kind of like crazy to me. Um, I didn't really fall. I don't, I don't think that's true. I mean, it, it's easy for us to get distracted, but there mm-hmm. was other studies that were saying more along the lines of 15 minutes. And, and if you, if you ever go to watch a Ted talk, Ted, Ted talks are exclusively under 20 minutes. I've, I've been told, I haven't seen all of them. Maybe they're more, some go over, but 20 minutes they don't want it to be any longer because they believe that the attention span right now of human beings is 15 minutes right yeah uh, so like this this kind of thing where either there's an attention an attention uh, deficit where we're slowly losing our attention span over our history or people can give attention to things but they choose not to because there's so many other options. What do you think? Yeah. Like there's, there's so many distractions too, right? You just like mentioning, just switching through tabs or switching through websites, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's just, you just boom, boom, boom. And then you have your phone there. You're like this and that. And between this, like six seconds and 15 minutes is quite the kind of the gap. And as out, as outrageous as six seconds sounds, I'm more inclined to to Believe lean that. towards the six seconds. Oof. Only because of like if you have ever tried like sort of just closing your eyes and and not thinking of anything and just kind of focusing on your breath, it's it's within ten seconds you'll you, a new thought will instantly pop into your mind. Like, oh, this person said this to me today and you'll start overanalyzing everything you said and right. or this guy said this and and like within 10 seconds. So it, that's why it makes me believe more in the six second than the like it's it's hard to differentiate. Right. Because yeah. like you Maybe. can sit there and watch a, a TED talk for 15 minutes. It's it seems like it's sort of almost a different type of attention yeah, maybe attention span is not the correct word, mm-hmm. but 
maybe it's like your your willingness to succumb to a distraction. I don't know. Yeah. And then your attention span is something else. Um, because like we all we, we're all able to have like hour to two hour to three hour long attention spans if we really choose to if we're really invested in something like we can yeah we can sit and watch a movie for three hours and just be totally zoned in on it if we if we truly want to be but then you have to understand like imagine you're watching a movie and you're not at the theater you know you're in your house well how often are you checking your phone right mm -hmm. like yeah these, totally the, and, and it's like the distraction is and we keep bringing up this distraction i think because most of the times when you're looking at your phone you're looking at a piece of social media or you're reading a news or something like that like this is this is the attention culture they're trying to grab you and they're trying to do it so that they can advertise to you right which i think is what we also want to talk about yeah yeah and it's like that that social media app on your phone is is competing against that movie you're watching right they're like they want you to look over at your phone they don't want you to watch that movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's crazy to think like that too like mm -hmm. and and I, it makes me wonder like I, I wish i knew more like the lengths of movies in in more of like an earlier era to do like a time comparison yeah that would be yeah because i know a lot of people we're not too thrilled about the runtime of Irishman. <laughs> yeah. Cause just cause like it's a lot of people hours? couldn't sit there for three and a half hours and watch a movie. Right. Mm -hmm. That's tough. But then you, but then you compare it to like the biggest box office hits recently, which were the infinity wars and the end game movies. And those were also pretty long in length. Right. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, to each their own, but, I, I understand what you mean. And, and I think if you look at some of the older movies, they're a lot longer and they're slower too, but that's mm -hmm. a whole different conversation. I think. And it kind of reminds me of, of a, it w within amusing ourselves to death. The, the, the quote I mentioned earlier was in that book. He, he talks about uh, our attention, the attention spans of, of humans in around the 19th century. Okay. And he was comparing it of a, like almost of how much longer they were back then before kind of the introduction of TV and and images and such that with a Lincoln, he would have these debates with, I think, a, a man named Douglas. And they were even before the, he was running for Senate or running for president or whatever, it was almost like your local political talk or whatever they would last for like five to seven hours wow people people would show up and sit and literally only listen to to these guys speak pretty complex things you can actually read some of their talks and it would just sit and listen to them for like five to seven hours and they viewed it as kind of their political education and they viewed it as almost necessary to sort of know what was going on and i'm just comparing that to these days with like i couldn't i couldn't imagine sitting and listening to only auditory for like five to seven hours with no images like i'm sure there's breaks and such but even with breaks like man you i feel like you'd be pretty bored i just <laughs> yeah. i just wonder if if sort of all these distractions and all this constant entertainment 
is is shortening our attention spans. Right. As much as I'd love to say yes or no to that, I can't. I can't be without yeah. like some piece of evidence, and I I didn't find anything in relating in relation to that. But it's certainly something to keep in mind as we go forward, because not only does it seem like our attention span is shortening, it's that these companies that have that are trying to grasp our attention want it to be shorter. They they want they want to shrink our attention span or make our ability to succumb succumb to distraction easier. Do you know what I mean? They mm -hmm. it seems like that's one of their goals, either consciously or subconsciously, by these companies. So yeah, that's that's interesting. And the fact that people would go and sit to listen to Lincoln for seven hours. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. Lincoln was an interesting speaker, but that's that's a bit much. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, totally. So then, the, I, I feel like a, one of the ways that these companies are are kind of addicting these are addicting us and the consumer is is sort of the way the platforms are set up. Since they're like so, for, like they're free and so easy to ex access, yeah. they they set up they set it up so you have like this infinite scroll. So on like let's say Facebook and Instagram, mm -hmm. they have the your news feed or your your feed or whatever, and it's just all these these images, all these posts, right? And there's this variable reward, and this variable reward was brought brought upon uh way back with with skinner's bird experiment so he had this he was like with behavior behaviorism and such he had this bird in a cage okay. and whenever the bird would peck he would give it food and like a, a like a lever or whatever and so the bird started pecking like when it was ever it was hungry, it would peck when it get food. And Skinner sort of ran out of food. So the bird would peck and he would not give it food. And the bird persisted like with these. And, but eventually he would give him food every once in a while. So with this variable sort of reward, the bird was didn't know when the next reward was coming. Okay. So the bird would peck more often. So this kind of Compared is to the same. It was like a scheduled thing, right? Exactly. Right. So like the bird would expect to get their food around this time of the day. So they'd peck more at this yeah. time of the day. But with the other it, version, he, when he it just didn't know constantly. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, and, and it's the same with, with these social media platforms is you, you're scrolling through your feed, you're, you're through your posts and you're go, you're looking, you're, Oh, there's a, like, there's a, a good post or whatever and you're like oh man that's that's like kind of the reward right and then you just scroll and scroll and you see some some stuff you don't really care for and then boom another one and it's like these these rewards when you don't they're unpredictable that makes it makes you keep coming back so you can keep scrolling and scrolling it's like a slot machine right mm -hmm. you don't know when the next win is and you're just going to keep spending money you're going to keep pulling the slots and right. that sort of spending money on the slots is is you sort of using your attention mm -hmm. to keep scrolling yeah and then if because, you if you jump over to the slot machine beside you because you you got a loser here well that's going from instagram to facebook kind of thing yeah right? exactly yeah okay and 
and since you're like spending your attention on on these sort of social media things right it's kind of taking away from of other parts of life that might bring more happiness or whatever right yeah so yeah there's the trade-off there that people don't think about and i certainly didn't think about it until this conversation or before when i was doing my research but yeah it's like you're you're doing this and you're kind of you're pecking you're pecking you're pecking looking at social media looking at social media getting this kind of reward but then you're not thinking like what else could i be doing right now Mm -hmm. right you're you're not thinking like okay as much as i kind of enjoy this i'm i'm like really not gaining anything of substance yeah yeah for sure so like let's let's say like in an ideal world or whatever you 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 you're you're oh I'm gonna use this time wisely. So, I think from what I looked up, the average user uses about two two I think just over two hours of social media per day. Wow. Yeah. That I you could if you could you're like okay I'm just gonna cut social media which is unlikely because it's sort of to keep like with everyone sort of uses it to keep up and with your friends and yada yada that's mm-hmm. sort of what makes it so difficult right and so addicting mm-hmm. um you're oh i'm going to use this two hours every day to do something else right like maybe i'll read maybe i'll learn a new skill maybe i'll learn a language right i and think that, it, that, i think it doesn't that really even... adds up yeah i don't think it even has to be something that's like productive because i think when people are on social media it's like to mm-hmm. unwind. it's like an unwinding thing that's no, that's a good point. It's it's kind of treated as an escape a lot of the times too, right? Right. So like, let's say you take those two hours and instead of being on social media, you do like a meditation or you do like yoga or you just like maybe you play a game. It Like it doesn't matter. But like mm-hmm. the, the act of you spending unwinding time doing something that's a little bit more positive for you. And we keep, we keep kind of like talking – in a negative connotation about being on social media. And yeah. I think, I think that kind of brings, I, I kind of want to talk about the social, the mental health effects of being on it on the platform. Mm-hmm. So like we, through my research, I found like being on social media essentially causes a lot of it. it, it there's been a lot of studies and a lot of the studies vary, but if you, I, I looked at a big review article and it covered almost like 20 or so different reviews, different mm-hmm. uh, research articles. And, and they were mainly saying people's mental health decreases over time with, with the use of social media. And it has to do with a, a lot of factors. Essentially there's, there's like an addictiveness that we were talking about where like you're literally addicted to social media, which is a derogatory thing almost always. It's like too too much of anything is bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's there's the idea of um, being like com- the comparison mental health aspect where if you're constantly comparing other people's highlights to your normal life, it, it'll always there's always going to be a derogatory effect on your mental state. Like why am yeah, I not ex- able to do that thing and do this thing? It's yeah. extremely magnified with social media. Mm-hmm. And you, and you, like you see these people, you, you're comparing yourself to other people who are extremely like selective in what they're posting, right? Mm-hmm. 
and then there was also like a good amount of anxiety from social media um and i th and there's also it's it's interesting like reading about this stuff because as much as these things people people can like tell you like i don't like being on social media i really don't want to watch other people succeed while i'm doing mediocre like they're mm -hmm. still drawn to it and they're drawn to it you know they're addicted but a big part of this addiction thing nowadays is this ephemeral content which is essentially a con content that comes up on social media and then goes away so it's stuff that's there and then gone and that's that's prevalent with like snapchat stories and instagram stories is a really big one and then mm -hmm. also with with twitter i would argue a lot of the content is ephemeral content because it's 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 like trending or it's like really big for a certain amount of time but then there's another there's always another thing right so like yeah. if, you, if you're not constantly tuned in you miss it and and that missing it is fomo and fomo is is like a very big part of like our our social mentality and why why we're, we want to do things on the networks if i'm missing out then i'm not connected and the whole point of the social media is to be connected so i'm i'm not doing this properly it's kind of the mental state right yeah and you just keep checking back you're right yeah it it's it's really bad for some people's mental health there there has been studies that say people who use social media to stay connected to a community have a increase in so in mental health so like there are other studies that you can find and i saw some as well that were saying like mental uh, the mental health of certain individuals did go up and like their mm -hmm. social their social connections went up and they made new friends and stuff like that so there are like you can use social media for good um yeah totally and it, it, and you kind of have to but when you're doing that you're you're targeting what you're doing you're like okay i'm going on to this social media to go on to this page to talk to these people to learn about this thing or or to discuss this thing right so it, that is just like not what we use it like at least yeah you're using it with intent right using it with intent is it's really powerful but when you use it mundanely kind of just um just as a pastime and a a relaxer or whatever at the end of your day then mm -hmm. that's when it kind of will will take a toll on you mentally so yeah and that 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 first point you made it kind of makes me think of of sort of like fast food where it's like the instant gratification sort of like trumps it all yeah like you you know like it's not really good for you and you know it's gonna like make you like feel like shit afterwards but like it's still like <laughs> It's it's so good, right? You're like, oh man, I, I'm just gonna eat like eat it, right? Like the unhealthy food. Yeah. And and like there's it's not all bad, right? Like if you use it in moderation and kind of eat eat it every once in a while is kind of it's it's not a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. But it, it's it, it's if you're like eating the fast food like every single day and you're sort of addicted to it, that's when it's like the big problem, right? It has like obesity and Mm -hmm. on your health and such right yeah. whereas social media is sort of the same way like if it's used in moderation used with intent it can be great mm -hmm. but once you start using it way too much and you get addicted and that's when all this affects your mental health and your social skills and yeah i i personally this is a bit of a tangent but i personally believe that facebook was ruined when they added the share feature 
So if you don't, if you don't, if you don't know, <laughs> I mean, you, you you probably know if you're listening to this, but if you don't know the share feature on social media or on Facebook is if I see a post from one of my friends and I think it's really cool, I can hit share. And what that does is that takes my post and puts it on all of on my page that all of my friends can see. So before, when I was using show, uh, Facebook growing up, it was I had my my friends, and I could only see what they were posting. Maybe it was a photo. Maybe it was just a thought. They would just write something out, and that's all I could see. But nowadays, I go into my Facebook, and I don't see anything from my friends. All I see is what they've shared, so or content that's directed at me that has nothing to do with my friends. But um, what they shared is just like it's something that kind of went viral they thought was funny or appealing or or would stick with me or whatever so they hit share and they sent it to all their friends so now yeah instead of ever seeing actually what my friends are doing i only ever see stuff that is been liked and shared millions of times and this is again just a tangent but it's it's annoying to me because when facebook's first started it was so much fun it was like yeah i i could just put up a rant oh i just watched this movie it it's dunk don't see it and then someone will comment hey that was a great movie screw you right like yeah. and it was just like a way to stay connected with your friends and kind of just have like mundane conversations over yeah. or whatever or just post a photo and be like hey i went here and then the people would be like nice photo whatever it's, right it's that sea of irrelevance again yeah there's just so much constantly there like you have to really scroll through to find what you're looking for right yeah you're like oh i don't want to watch this cat video oh this is another random video that oh finally one of my friends said something mm -hmm. and again that's sort of what they want though they want that invariable they want that variable reward they don't want you to very, oh, there's what my friend said. There's what my friend said. Oh, that's all today. Okay, I'll close it, right? Exactly, yeah. That's that's sort of how I've set up my Instagram. In I only have my friends and like close people I sort of know or have known or whatever. So when I open up Instagram, there's like maybe two or three stories and maybe like one or new posts sort of a day. And that's it. I can I, I spend maybe one or two minutes going through this and that. And I'm like, right. okay, that's all my friends. And I close the app. Yeah. But they that's not how they want the average person, right? They want the average person to have all there's all the celebrities liked and all these different types of media pages. So they have mm -hmm. to really scroll through the stuff they want to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's I think that's gonna kind of lead me into the next topic which is advertising so like why why is social media designed the way that we just described and it's to advertise to you right and mm -hmm. they make their money by at so this is something i didn't know that i was like my mind was blown learning about this when you're scrolling through your social media let's say it's facebook and you see ads on the side, maybe you have an ad blocker, but if you don't, you'd see ads on the side. And most of the time they're more targeted towards what you're doing. What Facebook does there is they get other companies who want to advertise and the advertiser will say, hey, I want to advertise to somebody who's interested in soccer, like maybe I'm a soccer goods store, interested in soccer, male, ages 12 to 16. That's, that's my target audience. And Facebook says, no problem. 
you pay us a fee, we'll put your ads up targeted to those individuals. Okay, great. So Facebook tells us then in their press releases and in their, in their different um, records, they say there's no exchange of data. So like Facebook has a lot of data on you. There's no exchange of data between people who are trying to sell you goods and us. They just ask for a specific target audience and then they pay a fee and we give them ads for that target audience. That all seems to be, that makes sense. The problem is though, is that when, <laughs> when I go to click to buy some shin pads for soccer and I get taken directly to that website, well now that website knows where I came from and, and has my data. So this was the interesting thing I had to wrap my mind around. Facebook is telling us there's no exchange of data, but as soon as I click that ad, my data goes to that website and now they have my data. Hmm. So, so taking a step back and just tr try to understand that like, um, your data is just like information that they have about you. And we'll go into more detail about that. But right now, essentially what I'm saying to you is when you're, when you're getting advertised to these people are a, they already know a lot about you. So they know how to add target. They know how to target specific ads at you and B every time you're clicking on an ad, your data is getting given to a new. So like, yeah, like where you are, what you like, mm -hmm. like it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy how much they know about you. Like you could make arguments that they almost know more about you than you know yourself. Yeah. And they, they have these like crazy predictions of what kind of products you want to buy and such. So like these, these advertisements are so pinpoint, almost accurate. A lot of times you almost think that they're listening to you. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that was proven to be false that they're, they're not listening to you, but yeah, it's like, for example, if I go and I search up a mattress company and I want to buy a mattress, I go back to my social media and within seconds I have mattress ads. Hmm. So how this works is there's specific companies that are called, uh, not data miners, but data brokers. They're called data brokers. So there's specific companies called data brokers. And I was reading a Forbes article and this guy essentially tried to figure out which of the data brokers had his data. And he was asking them, Hey, how do you work? Like what's going on? Like, can I see some of my data that you have on me? So firstly, they didn't have to give him his data, which was really interesting to me. You, you as an individual have no right to your own data from these companies. So if I ever wanted to know like, <laughs> Hey, what's the information that you know about me? They could be like, we don't have to tell you that. That's wild. Yeah. So that was the first thing that blew my mind. The other thing was when he talked to some of these companies, they did, they did give him his data back, but it all was incorrect. And, and it was very specifically incorrect. So it'd be like, lives with, a, with, lives with a, a spouse. And then he was like, I don't live with a spouse. Has a dog. I don't have a dog. <laughs> like, uh, lives in this specific county of this specific state. Okay, yeah, that's true. I do live in this specific county of this specific state. Lives in an apartment. He's like, no, I live in a house. Like, stuff that 
kind of you wouldn't expect them to know, right? Like they, maybe they would know your interests and that makes sense. Like, oh, I'm constantly going to this forum or I'm constantly searching for this thing. Like maybe they'd mm -hmm. know your interests, but not like your age, your height, your weight, your living conditions, like who you're living with, like what place of, they, but these are things that they're trying to grab data on you. And they have, if you were to be given your data, they would have these things, or at least what they think they are correct about you. Mm -hmm. So like how much data they're actually collecting is insane. That being said, some of it could be inaccurate, right? Or, yeah. or the company, when he asks for his data, could just be sending them uh, a shuffled deck of stuff just to keep him off the trail, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and like sometimes all this data may be good, right? Like f for like developing more uh, like the better healthcare or whatever, right? Having more info on, on people's health and mm -hmm. such. But at the same time, knowing like all your weight and even like crazy things like that, you're going, how do they know that, right? Mm -hmm. That they can like manipulate people, right? And you saw this a lot in in the 2016 election with Trump on Facebook. Is this company Cambridge Analytica mm -hmm. um, had all this information and knew which people to target that were sort of the swing vote the people they could get the people that were kind of on the fence and those are the people that they would hit with these very very targeted ads that would play on fear mm -hmm. that would and and when they would see that on facebook they'd be oh man like i gotta i gotta like do something about this right i gotta vote right mm -hmm even though the ads were very miss like very wrong very misingenuous yeah misingenuous yeah and and with facebook they were gone right there's no way of sort of tracking it and also it sort of do with with kind of the spending of of campaign as well right there's a there's with Britain and with like Canada, us, there's, I'm not too sure about the States, but there's, there's, uh, a budget on how much you can spend. Right. Right. With for, polit for political spending is what you mean. Yes. Yeah. In a campaign. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to the internet and, and these Facebook advertisements, there's, there's no way of tracking how much money is being spent. Yeah. They could just be, blowing tons of money on all these advertisements to like billions of people like well obviously not billions in the country but to the millions of people that are on the facebook in the country mm -hmm. and that's kind of given them a huge advantage to to like say a party that's not right yeah i also read i read a little bit about the cambridge analytica story and something that was funny was when people went, uh, so the company provided the data to individuals if you just went to this website called aboutthedata.com. And it said that 37% of people who went there actually edited the data to be more correct. <laughs> and 6%, and only 6% only requested for their information um, not to be used. So 37 were like, hey, uh, 
Here's how you like target me better. My, if you're gonna steal my dot, I get it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. So, yeah. So this data stuff it blows my mind. Here, here's an example, um, to kind of help you understand. So Walgreens, which is like a pharmaceutical company, if you don't know, uh, offers a useful comparison t- to Facebook. So while most Americans believe that their drug pr- prescriptions are protected from any form of exploitation under medical privacy laws, it turns out that those laws permit pharmacies like Walgreens to monetize their users through advertising. Specifically, pharmaceutical companies can pay Walgreens to advertise a drug trial to its customers that suffer from a particular medical condition. So let's say you have diabetes (laughs) um, and a company makes a diabetes medication. Well, then they can ask Walgreens Hey, but who who, who are, are the you, who are you giving who are you giving diabetes medication to? We'd like to give them this pamphlet. So the so the pharmaceutical company itself never gives a list of patients, so there's no there's no data handoff. It merely hands over the ads to Walgreens and pays a fee, and then Walgreens sends its mailers to all those people that have diabetes, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what's happening with Facebook. But in the diff the different being that instead of uh, in Facebook where you click the ad that you're receiving and then all the data is given to that company. And and it's interesting because what that company can do once you click that ad, okay, they know who they who they targeted the ad for, so they know who you are most likely. They can send you directly to a page that is more targeted to you. Mm-hmm. So like let's say you click on an ad for shin pads, well it's gonna shoot you right to like if you're age twelve to sixteen, it's gonna shoot you right to the young adult shin pads and you're gonna get a perfect match. So that kind of thing. It's interesting. Using the information it knows that it gave to Facebook and now is taking in from you. And then when you get to the website, you might see something on the bottom of the screen that has something to do with cookies or please accept this and don't worry about it. <laughs> and then you hit that <laughs> and now it has uh, more information on you. Like you're, It's able to access and what you've been on recently. It sounds very invasive, right? You you sort of have this trust in in say Walgreens that you're you're like oh, it, like they're just giving your information for free, right? Yeah. Which you, I feel like these these companies would make the argument that this is benefiting you, right? It's like the convenience; it's making your life easier. Mm-hmm. These diabetics are just getting these kind of free pamphlets sent to them without having to do the work or whatever yeah yeah i mean but it's it's sort of taking the the agency away from the consumer right like it's 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 thrusting it upon them rather than them sort of choosing that way right yeah it's true i i agree with that it and when we first started talking about this i was kind of more lenient i was kind of more like well (laughs) I like my targeted ads. I don't have to deal with random BS that I don't want to see on my screen. You know, like I'd rather Mm -hmm. as much as I don't, maybe I do, maybe I don't want to buy it. um, It's still better for me to look at uh, the things I was just looking up, you know, like it's still more interesting. Anyways, the ad, the ad targeting is more interesting. And then maybe there's an ad that I actually do want to buy because I was intrigued in something. And then I'm like, Oh, that, that looks really cool. That's exactly what I was searching for. Uh, the ad nailed it. I want to buy that thing. But after mm-hmm. going through this and kind of understanding how it works, and and all these companies that are that are data harvesting and selling it back and forth 
to try to get more information on you, it's it's kind of scary how specific the data can be. Yeah, and and, and how much they're like profiting from it. It yeah. it makes me wonder if there's going to be a huge, even a larger like inequality down the line, because they're like a a, a, a huge like not just on the technical level but also on like the wealth level like um so like on the individual level and the society level like the people that are in the innovation are kind of the haves and the people that are just in the regular workplace are sort of the have nots Mm -hmm. and with 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 all this data they're collecting it's like you can it's going to be towards creating this like uh training ai and such is one of the possibilities so with this AI, a lot of low-skilled jobs are, are sort of being phased out. And you see this with Amazon, right? There's malls are almost dying, and all these clerical jobs and service jobs are leaving. Right. But then on like a, a global level, like the US and China are probably leading the charge in, in sort of training this AI because they have so much people and money to collect all the information from, right? And the money, right? Yeah. So there's going to be like this big global divide too on who invents, produces, and distributes versus the rest. So it's like the wealth is going to be distributed way, way more in in sort of the U.S. and China who are collecting all this data, and the average person is it's almost like going back to FOMO. They're going to be like missing out, right? They're like. They're like, oh man, I'll have just this regular job that's phased out, and now I'm just collecting scraps, which is going to probably be UBI, and they're kind of missing out on this this future, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, just to like help me understand what you mean by this, so this, so how are they going from collecting data to like making money and 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 holding power? So, like you're saying, we're going to be missing out on it. So. I think I'm missing a step when you explain this. So we're collecting data. Yeah. So when you collect the data, then you you can train these AIs and and create these AIs with all this data. To just like take over in the workforce? Yeah. So like you're getting smarter and smarter. It's like machine learning, right? And they're they're sort of like almost getting to the point where they're almost going to be training themselves, right? Hmm. And that, so the companies there, the ones that are having all this AI are going to be the ones that are selling it to else selling it. So they're going to be making loads of money from that. And then when the companies are, are using it, it, everything's going to be a lot cheaper to make. Right. So it phases out all the jobs. So people are going to be almost worthless and all the stuff's going to be super cheap. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So these big companies are the ones getting all the wealth, mm-hmm. even more than it's. It's. I mean, I, I'm just speculating here. It's not like it's all happening in real time, right? I mean, mm-hmm. This is just from stuff I've read about. Yeah. And one of the examples that kind of is kind of spooky towards this stuff is it was a quote from Yuval, uh, I think Harari. And so he, he mentions like Amazon Kindle. So this is going back to like the data and, and sort of manipulation. And so he says devices such as Amazon's Kindle are, are able to constantly collect data on their users while they're reading books. 
your Kindle can monitor which parts of the book you read quickly and which slowly, on which page you took a break, and on which sentence you abandoned the book to never pick it up again. If Kindle was to be upgraded with a face recognition software and a biometrics sensor, it would know how each sentence influenced your heart rate, your blood pressure, and it would know what made you laugh, what made you sad, what made you angry. Soon books will be will read you while you are reading them. And whereas you quickly forget most of what you read, computer programs need never forget. Such data should eventually enable Amazon to choose books for you with uncanny precision. It will also allow Amazon to know exactly who you are and how to press your emotional buttons. Yeah, that's scary, right? Yeah, and and you might think, oh, like, we'll never let Kindle have face recognition or biometric sensors. Like, they could probably add those in and you wouldn't even know any better. Yeah, that's that is the scary part of it, right? Is mm-hmm. what is regulating this? What is stopping this right now? There's almost nothing. Um, I did see some. I did try to look up some regulations. Maybe we'll get to that later. But it's it's interesting to think how can this stuff be stopped? Like, w- what kind of laws could I put in place? Could be put in place that that the companies um, would ever have to admit to. Right. Yeah, they they have such like a monopoly on on all this. Mm-hmm. Like only I think it's even only four countries now. Only four countries have a GDP greater than the combined market capitalization of Google, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook. So if it, if you add up all their market capitalization, mm-hmm. it's like it's like up to like 4 trillion. Yeah. I think the only countries bigger compared to four companies are bigger than the whole world besides four com- countries. It's like Germany, Japan, US or China and US. Yeah. That's, that's insane. That's... So yeah, it's like well, I the And the then yeah, sorry. To, the country wants to regulate, let's say, okay, you can't put these biometric scanners in your co- your Kobo in your reader and they say, well, okay, we're just not going to ship any products to your country now. And then yeah. that, that whole country's like screwed right like Mm -hmm. and there'd be a revolt to be like what do you mean we can't ship our goods via amazon anymore what do you mean amazon doesn't come to germany the government would be overthrown in a second right like or there would be mass protests or something like that right like it would be Mm -hmm. outrageous so the company will win in this regard and then continue to collect data on you like this is all very dystopian i don't like where it's going at all yeah (laughs) like as much as we we can just sit here and blame the big companies, it, there's also there's there's also a lot of blame on on the consumer and on us as well, right? Yeah, it's not just only them. They're they're sort of to blame as in making it sort of addictive and super convenient, mm-hmm. but it's also on a lot of onus on us to sort of be informed about this stuff, right? So this is sort of why I kind of wanted to have this conversation in, in the first place. Because I don't want to sound like a hypocrite, right? And being like, oh, these technologies are evil. Never use them as I am I have Facebook and Instagram on my phone, right? Yeah. But it, it, it's sort of just becoming aware of, of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So you don't fall victim to them. Yeah, I think that's that's very important. Um, so from here, did you want to start talking about like maybe what are some solutions to this 
like what can we kind of do to get away and and just understand like uh the risk that we face and essentially like how our data is being collected and how social media is affecting us yeah totally um one of the the big ones that i've always like i don't know i feel like this is almost a solution to everything it's it's just the idea of of knowing yourself better it's like if you know yourself better then you kind of know you'll see what these companies are kind of doing right if if they know you better than you know yourself they're going to manipulate you but if you know yourself really well you're going to see them trying to manipulate you right you're going to notice them you're going to be aware of them you can build a defense for it and now the, the these this yeah so the, this 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 isn't like as actionable as like maybe like making it harder to access your social media but i think it's just a super important kind of skill you should sort of learn yeah focus on yeah like mindfulness and mm-hmm. is the solution for us to just delete all these social medias and ask uh, all of our data to be given back and is that the solution it that's a tough question right because it, it's so so much more difficult to conceptualize like a data or your information kind of ownership mm-hmm because you can easily conceptualize like land ownership, right? Like you can build a fence around it. You kind of know where your property line is. Mm-hmm. But but conceptualizing that in terms of your own information and data is much harder. Yeah, I was – sorry. I just wanted to say like when we first started talking about this, I was kind of under the opinion that the other companies that are collecting the data, they have a, they have a right to that data because they're doing the collecting and, and they're – they're able to hold on to it and they've had they have networks set up to to store the data right whereas mm-hmm. we as much as we are just creating data via via clicks on the internet they're actually spending time energy and money in storing it so it's almost like it's their information just it's about you so. yeah except for like it, it that would be all good and well if if it was used for good but there's there's lots of companies that use it in the negative sense just for their bottom lines to make more money right yeah so it's hard because it's it's you want it to all be used for good because there's some amazing amazing potential like you could have like a like a, a chip inside of you that could uh, is essentially a doctor at twenty four seven, right? Anytime anything wrong inside you, you, you get boom. It could tell you, mm-hmm. you're like, oh man, you're in trouble. You should see a real doctor, or you should get this operation, or like maybe cancer is like onsetting right away. Like that'd be crazy. But at the same time, companies could use this data. They might may be able to even know like what your DNA is and use it in a, in a more negative sense right like yeah for sure so i don't think just deleting everything is is sort of the solution but i don't know it's hard to think of what the real like a, a solution is like i don't think it's realistic just to get everyone to delete it right yeah it's 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 almost impossible and we talk about it we talked about addiction and i think that's yeah. a big part of it but also connectivity is something that we crave like we crave social interaction face to face and online now we crave it so like uh removing that would be really tough 
and people just have like always had this and and people are growing up now where it's never not been a part of their lives oh yeah so that's what really using like social media and and the internet and stuff is a very individualistic uh thing to do yeah thing to do so it's not like you're in face-to-face social interaction. A lot of it's like online interaction. Right. Okay. I, I feel like that's just a sort of a different experience. It, but Okay. I see what you're saying. So you're saying like as much as it is to stay connected, it's it's a very solo thing to log yeah. on Facebook and scroll. Like it, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of tired. Like I'll, I can just instant message or i can just have a a facetime chat with somebody instead of like going out to getting a drink or going out for dinner or something like you you're almost less likely to go out and experience social interaction sometimes because it's it's almost easy and convenient just to do it with their better communication set up through like social media and such i would say it's i would say i would put a counterpoint to that that if you're on social media, it's easier for you to arrange these meetings with people and maybe easier for you to stay connected with people you might not be able to stay connected with. Like people who mm-hmm. have fallen out of your life, you'd still be able to talk to and maybe see on the occasion because of social media. Yeah, totally. There's that aspect too. Like especially if someone moved overseas or something. Yeah, exactly. Okay, here I had another question. Would a subscription-based social media platform be a solution? So essentially, we um, Netflix is really big right now, a bunch of other subscription-based sort of things where you pay a monthly $7, $10, $12, whatever, and then you get on and you, you get access to a social media platform where there's no ads, so there's no data collection, yep. and all you're seeing is content from your friends. Um, would that be a solution? And- I think so. I think it's 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 sort of the beginning for if companies that's sort of changing their business model right Mm -hmm. it's it's changing it away from addiction which it would totally solve it wouldn't solve everything but i think that would be a big a big change yeah i personally would would pay for some sort of subscription like say say google like i i use google enough that say it started charging ten dollars a month or something Mm-hmm. And they took away all this kind of data and and all this sort of like issues. I would I would totally pay. I would totally get my money's worth. Right, because that's the thing about Google right now is that you go and you search anything; it's all for free. That they're giving you this amazing platform to pretty much yeah. be. And I mean, you can use Bing for the same thing, but I mean, who uses Bing? But you can <laughs> yeah. you. There's platforms that just let you have access to anything on the internet and the internet is so vast mm-hmm. so what the, what are they getting in return they're getting your data right so every time you search something that is traced by google and then google can sell ads similar to how we describe facebook doing it but so like if you, what you're saying is okay google now you have to pay 10 bucks and they don't take your they don't take your um, ad revenue and, and you you right away you said yeah that sounds like a good idea would that yeah. fly in the general public though just because we've had I'm, Google free for so long. Well, yeah, like it's it's hard to to say for what other people think would think, right? So, I think if you if you look at the Facebook's market capitalization compared to like how many users it has daily or, or total, it's like a, 
think they have like over two billion or something. Yeah, users. I found one point seven three billion active users daily. That's daily. That's not even like how many accounts they have. That's uh, I know daily. Ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. So like, I think uh, I I heard someone mention it's they sort of get almost like twenty five dollars per user out of out of person just based off their market capitalizations to like user numbers. Yeah. So twenty five. So they're times. so they're like so, so you're like oh man it, it's it's free for me. And the, and but the company is making twenty five dollars per person. Like, it's it seems like there's something. I wrong. don't know. Like, yeah. Like, sure. Like, it's a free product, but I don't know. I I don't know. Like, you, you it mean, makes sense they're making money, but I don't know. Like, and then you. I feel uh, when I'm on these social <laughs> media platforms nowadays, I feel like ah, oh, well, you get what you pay for because you're just you're burdened with ads. You're burdened with ads, yeah. and you're burdened with things that are catered to you. And you're kind of like, oh, okay, here they go again. Um, yeah, like Spotify, like you you pay ten dollars a month or whatever, so you 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 get to choose what music you listen to. It's not always on shuffle, and you avoid all those ads. Yeah, like I would, I I would never be able to go back to pleb Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I don't, I I personally think it, it's sort of a solution. Because, like, just to reiterate, it sort of pulls away from the addiction model. Right. I don't the data yeah. collection model. It wouldn't help. I don't think it would help with the mental health issues. But uh, I guess it's better mm-hmm. than what we currently have, right? Because, like yeah. I said earlier, the social the, the social media mental health effect is, is based on uh, perception of other people and, and so on and so forth, right? So Yeah, I don't think... Well, I think that's almost like a you almost have to solve it a different way. I don't know. Like I don't know how to solve that issue in terms of cuz I don't think social media is going anywhere. So is there a way of making it almost always be a benefit to mental health? No. Yeah. It, it's so hard. I I do it's, think though it might help if like I said with the share feature, if you're just seeing your friends or interacting with your friends rather than interacting with strangers who've been liked and shared a million times. Yeah. that might help but you can set it up that way without the, like that though right but people are again people are not that active about how they set up their their social media right? yeah because well, i like you, time right a lot of people are like oh i don't have time to set this up i just want to instantly use it yeah this is my time waster and... not something that i put time into yeah so, yeah so anyways uh i think i have one more question for you is having a shorter attention span a bad thing? Is it always a bad thing, or is it a good is it a good trait that we're able to jump from one thing to the next quickly? Do you know what I mean? Is it good that we can kind of multitask, even though multitasking is not like a real thing? You multitasking, from what I learned, is just switching from one task switching. to another quickly. Mm-hmm. Is it a, is um, it a good thing in some regard that we're able to do that? I don't. Hmm uh i'm it's a it's a interesting question and i don't want to just hum and haw and 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 sort of my my gut reaction is is leaning towards it's it's not a good thing right because it's i don't know i think almost like focusing on on certain things and giving attention to one thing at a time is 
is a better is better because like your like your short term memory you can only put so much into it. It's like I think I read the 120 bits or something. So you can only have a, a certain amount of things in there, right? Before yeah. it gets moved on to your long term. So if you're bouncing around so much, you're never actually remembering anything. Right. So what's the point of taking in all this information and and stuff if you're not actually going to remember any of it? Yeah, the only purpose I could see would be for entertainment value or and yeah, it's like, why would you want to take in all this information and jump around so quickly if none of it was going to get stored in long term memory? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that to me is, well, that's an entertainment, right? You're just being yeah. entertained for the time being. We're so. amusing ourselves to death. There's so much, I don't know, like, with, like I understand like it's for entertainment, but I, there's so much entertainment out there. Do you really need to be swapping or switching around all the time? Yeah. I, I think like, that's a bigger question too is um, why do we need to be entertained at all points in time? Mm-hmm. And and why is it like such a commodity that instead of me sitting in silence or me like pondering a deep question, I'm instead always wanting to be entertained and have the means to do it nowadays. But Yeah, and it's almost like frowned upon to to not be, right? Like I'm bored, like right? Like Yeah. It's almost like I almost see boredom as like almost a good thing, right? And there's a, a there's a book called Stillness is the Key, I think. I think that's what it's called. And it's kind of like a, a book on stoicism and stuff and how just just taking a break and, and stillness is, is very important in with yeah. all this stuff. Okay, well, I think uh, we're getting away from our main topic, but yeah. it is really interesting to think about. Did you have anything else to say about I this? Can, I, want, I want to mention more sort of solutions. Okay, in, yeah. I, I find it very helpful. Like, so I, I, I'm like, okay, like a few days prior to this, I'm like, okay, I want to do like a bit of an experiment. There's on the newest Android app, you can go to your, there's a settings called digital well-being. Oh yeah. And you can see how many hours you're using your phone, how many times you're unlocking it, your, the notifications you're getting. It'll show you how much time you're spending on each of your apps. And I think when you look, actually see those in front of your eyes, it's it can be really eye-opening. It's it, it makes me think of those, you know, those those cameras you're driving by, like here in Canada, you're driving and on the side of the road it's like a speed sign. Yeah. And it'll tell you how fast you're going. Yeah. And you're going like most of like for me, I it's like oh it's it's sixty and I'm going like sixty five or something and it's flashing its lights and stuff. Yeah, hey, and, slow down. And it, it it's like it's it's seeing it back at you and you're like oh man others can see it I like it's it's out there right it's it's not like you're blind to it anymore you're like oh man I should slow down right right and it's that kind of thing with with looking at how much time you're spending on your phone so i was like okay i'm going to see if i can dial i i was like racking up like 2 hours or whatever on my phone i'm like okay that seems like a ton like i can dial this I can back be using yeah, yeah and reddit was using a lot 
of that time, like maybe like a half hour to an hour. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend the next like just easy two to three days. I'm not going to use my phone as much. And I'm going to try to only use Reddit maybe once to zero times a day. And it was crazy how much I was just drawn to my, like being aware of it. I was just constantly drawing myself to the phone and I'd be like, oh no, I can't. Like, I'd be like, I'd sit there and open it up. I'd unlock it. I'm like, I can't, like, I'm, I've got to be strong. Like I got (laughs) to relax. Like, and just, just doing it for like one or two days, you know, right away you're like, Oh my God, I, I think I'm like addicted. Yeah. And I always thought of myself as someone that didn't use my phone that much. I've only had a phone for like four years and it's just, me always going back to it once i was aware of it it was like oh my god like i think i'm addicted it's kind of spooky and because you just you just always it's such so habit it's just you want to keep looking you want to keep doing the same thing you're always doing yeah and it it, it really draws into question like what you said before none of that stuff that you're reading on reddit or on facebook is ever getting lodged in your long-term memory right no so why do it just to be entertained i guess for the moment yeah it's yeah. that instant gratification again right yeah so that that dopamine hit yeah all right so all right. also yeah um putting putting stuff that's n- keeping stuff away from sort of your home page helps a lot because as soon as you unlock your phone if your instagram is right there you're gonna be like clicking it almost all the time right you're like you're like, oh, I'm going to check my phone for email or something. And then you unlock it and Instagram's right there. Like, let me check Instagram real quick. Yeah, yeah I feel, if you, yeah, I know what you mean. If you, <laughs> if you put these barriers for you to access these apps, you will be less likely to use them. Like, if you got to really dig, you won't just unlock your phone and start instant, infinitely scrolling for an hour. Like, if you got to really dig and then sign into it, you're not going to be like, oh, let me just check this for a minute. So I think those that kind of tactic helps. Yeah. So like, take your homepage, remove all the apps from it. Don't don't uninstall, but like remove them all. And then so every time yeah. you have to go into your phone, you have to like, okay, I gotta go through the app section, and now I gotta search. Right. I yeah. Understand. There's I understand. folders within folders. Yeah. And and then and there's <laughs> and then there's stuff you can do with color. So like, since a lot of these apps are very visually appealing. If you like, so for me at, at like 8 p.m., my phone starts to dim and it goes to like a, a less kind of appealing color. And okay. then at like midnight, when I, I start to like unwind, it goes grayscale, no color whatsoever. Okay. So, it, so I kind of know that's time to unwind and stop using my phone. Right. And, and the colors aren't there for me to kind of be distracted to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I I know that I fall prey to that. Like I, I open my phone. Oh, there's Instagram. Lock it on. But I never thought about colors. Um, mm-hmm. So you're saying like if I'm to tone down my colors, I'm less likely to want to click on those apps. Not so much click on them. Like maybe like less likely like – if you're scrolling through it and it's all super dull and pale, right? You're like, I'll oh, just okay. close it or whatever. I see. Yeah. 
that makes like sense. again it's not foolproof but i mean if you have a whole bunch of these set in place these little changes can ac accumulate right mm -hmm. did you have um, any, any any other solutions i think that's kind of the gist but yeah so there's 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 great stuff out there on online and that really helps with with kind of being aware of this stuff as well and, and resources and and solutions and i was i was introduced to all this by on a, a podcast i listened to uh, the tim ferris show he had a guest on called tristan tristan harris and he has a, a website called a humane tech and and that he just he goes through um kind of just envisioning a world where technology supports our shared well-being and he goes on about like uh our attention spans and and this and that and he it's it's a really good site just to become aware and and the solutions and stuff right okay so I'll link it in sort of some sort of show notes <clears throat> okay yeah that's interesting um, I think, I think this is pretty much all we had to say about this subject and it's, it's a heavy one. So hopefully our next one will be a little lighter, <laughs> but <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it is really something to think about in your daily life. Um, and maybe you really don't care about all this stuff. Like maybe it's like, Hey, I like my social media, uh, every day I like to click on it. I like to read through it. And whatever you say doesn't matter. I don't care what ads they take. I don't care the data they collect. Like This can totally be your opinion. And hmm. that's fine. Because honestly, a lot of people probably share that opinion. They're just, they just yeah, don't want totally. to say it. Right? Like, um, yeah, we don't want to tell other people how to live their life. right? This yeah. is sort of just have a conversation about this stuff. Mm -hmm. and just it, have, bring some awareness. Yeah. It, like The social media you use could make you happy. And, and that's perfectly fine. So mm -hmm. uh, with that being said, I, I know I'm going to change how I use my stuff. I'm going to probably really keep a keep a tab on how often I use it. Try to know. Look at that app. You I was just in my phone now, actually, while you're talking about it, looking at my digital well-being app because I just got the upgrade and tracking it as well. Um, but yeah, I, that, I think that's... That's pretty much it for me. Do you have anything else to say to close this off? No, I think I've said everything I've sort of wanted to say. Awesome. Just, just to kind of just reiterate, like there were, we're not like super against technology or anything, but just to have this conversation and to bring some sort of light to some possible problems down the line. Yeah. All right, everyone, have a great night. Peace. <laughs>